Blog Talk Radio. men 
up to the baptism and a dream I saw in receiving the Holy Ghost in my life. And I concluded it with a moral to that chapter. Now go and listen to that episode and the others too so you can catch up on a recovering victim of circumstances, the journey, part one, two, and three. Now let's move on. And here's the story. After the baptism, I had three months to go to have my fourth child. After I had my child, you would think that I would have learned a lesson about men. But I met another man. But this time it was different. He was different, for real different. Have you ever heard higher levels, bigger devils? I met him about three or four months after I had had my child. He played music and he sang real good, too. He gave an appearance as one that was doing God's business, and I fell into it. I got pregnant again. But then I went and got an abortion. He said to me, I am your God, and I am going to put you down. And this relationship was short-lived. And I met my husband, and in two years, I was pregnant again. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, my second child is in children's services again. This time because my child went to elementary school with a knife. The school called me to deal with the matter, and my child was suspended, and I reprimanded him for it and went to children's services and told on me. Mind you now, my child spent five years in the system before I was able to get him back, and my child still doesn't have a close relationship with me because my intuition tells me my child does not feel I am his mother. My child thinks that the institution of children's services, the mother, and they had left my oldest child in my custody and pronounced me as being an abusive parent. They made me go through counseling again, parenting classes, and any other thing just to be able to get my child, and I did it. I couldn't be a sufficient mom to my first child because they had me again jumping through hoops to get to my other child, and I was determined to get my child back. This was my child, and my child was taken, I felt, wrongfully. I got on my knees, and I prayed about it. Then I asked God, why me? Later, I got my child back. I was in and out of the court system from the time my child was 13 months old up to when my child turned 12. And each time my child was taken, they left my first child with me, all the while saying I was an abusive parent. This time, my second child had perpetrated against the third child, who was seven years old, and I had also learned not too long ago my second child was sexually challenged, arrested, while in the care of a foster parent. 
Anyway, both children were in this room together, and I was in the living room crying because I was going through a divorce. I didn't know this was happening. All I knew is that the house was too quiet. I got up out of the chair to go see where my children were and found my 12-year-old and my 7-year-old in the bed with their pants down, but their underwear was still on. I caught it in time. I was livid and began to scream and shout at my child for what almost happened. And my child was bold and said to me, you are not my mother. I don't even know if you are my mom for sure, and called me the B word. I slapped my child's face, pushed my child on the bed, and climbed on my child in in straddle formation to hold him down from the struggle. And I told him off big time about his behavior and said to him, you know we are with Children's Services. What are you doing? We both finally calmed down, and we went to bed that night. I could not sleep because I was reminiscing on the latter times of what my child had told me, that what he went through in the system and that he was sexually abused. I did try at that time to tell the ombudsman this or my grievances about it, but nothing was done about it. They just swept it underneath the carpet. Let's move on. Later that day, that next day, Children's Services was at my door. Oh, no, not again. My child had snuck out the bedroom window and went to the agent tell his side of the story. I did not know what these people was doing in my life. I did not want them in my life, but now I had to tell them what had happened. And the response was, just because your child abused doesn't mean you are too abused. I was floored at the comment, I guess because I slept my child. Needless to say, Kathy B. became the caseworker after I was told that I had to make a choice let the one child go or all the children would be taken. I chose to let the one go in order to save the others. I had told my child the night before if this was to happen, that if these people came back into my life again, that I would have to let him go because I couldn't handle what I was being put through to have a life and to try to be a mother, to raise my my child properly. Now I have to go to counseling, do counseling with my second child, and take my third child to counseling and anything else they wanted me to do, plus go to work, take care of four kids, and my first child is pregnant at 15, and my divorce was finalized March 3, 1994. September 19, 1994. My grandbaby was born. My shift to work had to change. I had to work from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning. I would get off in the morning, get home, and help with the new baby and take my youngest child to preschool. Somewhere in between this schedule, children's services were called again. This time it was Kathy B., the caseworker, and 
the investigator, Mr. Delgado, from Children's Services. I am being accused of leaving my children alone and that my eldest child, who is with child, is not to help to babysit while I go to work, even though my child was 15. I stood my ground. I have a right to allow my child to babysit. My child is 15 years old at a legal age to babysit. Who is going to take care of these kids? I don't have a husband. I am a divorced woman with children. I have to work to keep a roof over their heads. I don't think that they were prepared to hear me speak so boldly concerning my rights as a parent and knowing that the law permitted a child or a teenager to babysit. Mr. Delgado replied with his nose in the air as though I was nobody and said, if I get another call on you, I am going to take your kids. Both Happy B and Mr. Delgado did a walkthrough, looking into my cupboards and refrigerator and walked through my whole house, finding nothing to say but that my house was very nice and quiet. And they left. I felt so burdened, alone with no one to support me. I felt tagged and targeted. However, I kept positive and worked to get these people out of my life. A month later, I was in the lobby, children's hospital, where my third child was being seen by the counselor. There was Mr. Delgado. He said, well, Miss Clardy, I got another call on you that you switched your children. Get them with a belt or a belt buckle or with an extension cord. I replied and I said, that's absurd. Well, you said that if you got another call on me that you would take my children. So which one of these lies are you going to put on me to take them? Because God as my witness, I did not do any of these things you said I've done. He said, God will have to come off his throne and prove it. And he took all three of my youngest children, leaving this time my first child, and a grandbaby with me. Caseworker Kathy B. went to the courts to say that I was an abusive parent. I was very, very angry, and I was fighting for my innocence. I felt like I was being molested all over again. I had no power to stop what they were doing to me and my family. It was almost like they were trying to break my spirit, stand up and fight, especially since I was standing up to them. Let's stop here because it is a very emotional story. And I want to conclude here to break this down because it's pretty long. So I want to break it down if you don't mind. And just let me tell you the more of this story, what I learned. I learned about, after confessing 
I believed in Jesus. And after the baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost, I was going to need power to get me through this storm. God does not say your problems have ended. They just have begun because you confess Jesus Christ in your life and that it would take another power that I did not have to pass those trials and tribulations and tests. But I can attest to the same or higher levels and bigger devils, and you have to overcome it to get the tools you need to survive in this world. Just like when you go to school from elementary to high school, there are steps to furthering your education in order to get out here to get a job and support yourself. And if you don't have the support of friends, of family, it is a must in order to survive. And God is still on the throne listening to your prayers through that Holy Ghost that is in you, talking to all you Wotans out there. You will be shown how to conduct yourself in the midst of roaring lions that are ready to devour you. It is the power of God in you while you go through your woes of life to understand in the end it will take God to come off the throne to prove to those that you are not what they say you are. Just be still and do not be in sudden fear. You can't think in fear. Stand when you know the truth. Stay prayed up and listen to that small, still voice in you for your next movement and be patient with yourself. I want to thank you for listening to me on another journey of a recovering victim of circumstances, part four. Upcoming, I will be interviewed this Monday, telling my story on another radio program with Diane Dempsey on Blog Talk Radio. Go to my Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Wendy Clardy, and get the time and other upcoming shows coming up until we meet again next Sunday at 9 p.m. at the same time and the same place right here on Lardy Miss Clardy and Company. Be blessed and have a good night.